I've seen terrible things done with SQL, <laughs> where it's not actually querying a table. They're inserting data into the query and then returning just a calculation. Stop it. You have not. I absolutely have. People will program as badly as you'll allow them to. You're listening to PHP Ugly episode 89, recorded Thursday, December 28th, 2017. On this episode, Thomas and I do a year in review for 2017. Happy New Year, everyone. Let's get started. The year was 1998. Texas Instruments released a device that changed my world. That device was a TI-89. This is episode 89. Coincidence? I think not. Probably. Probably. Yeah. What is I, the TI-89? The graphing calculator that you could actually program. Like, I used to write programs like uh, Space Invaders on my phone, and you could share the programs between calculators. Man, I think it was amazing. I, I was reading the uh, wiki page before this before we started, and the TI-89 is allowed in a lot of tests that are calculator permitted, including the SAT, but it's banned in others like the ACT. Meanwhile, the TI-92 that has very comparable features to the 89, because it has a QWERTY keyboard, is considered a computer and not a calculator. Therefore, it is banned from those same tests. Hmm. But yeah, I, I loved that thing when I was... In high school. Yeah, I never really got into the calculator programs and stuff. I was in high school over 20 years ago. <laughs> this was this just turned to a very depressing episode all of a sudden. You have children. You should be like... I, but I could, I could have had now. children 20 years ago. That's not the point. <laughs> True. <laughs> You're completely missing it. Oh, wow. So, this is our post... Christmas pre-New Year's edition. This will probably not come out until after the New Year's. Yeah, so what did gonna... you get? What did you get for Christmas? That was a loaded question. Depends no. who you're asking from. And in general, you get anything cool for Christmas? Any toys? No, I buy my all my own toys. I'm a grown well, yeah, man. I... I don't I don't need people to buy me anything. No, I mean I, I get permission to buy myself something for Christmas. That's how it works. You need to renegotiate your contract there. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I managed uh I got a surround sound stereo system for, uh, like, 48 bucks total. Holy crap, really? Yeah. There's a lot of uh, thrift stores around here, and if you if you do your shopping smart, you can piece, piecemeal it together, and, yeah, it worked yeah. out pretty nice. See, that's my problem, is I don't shop smart. I just... I buy what I want when I want, and that's normally not a good thing. So my purchase of the, the the season was a new TV for the living room. So I went from a 36 to a 49-inch TV with a sound bar, mm. but, but they were wall-mountable. So it's the first time we've had a TV mounted to the wall, getting it off of our console. Nice. So that, that, that was our big purchase this year, except for the fact that my sound bar is about two to three inches too low so i need to raise that up to get rid of that friggin' space that's driving me nuts right now <laughs> but having kids makes it so hard to get in there and actually do any work even though it's four screws like take them out throw in some new screws and you're good to go yeah it just requires motivation which is a killer yeah often is the case so we uh we went to the in-laws for christmas we did Christmas morning here with the kids. Amazing. The, watching the two boys interact is so much fun. We get to the in-laws. Holy friggin' overwhelming. Really? Oh my god, it's so overwhelming. Like Christmas overload or people or... People and gifts. So have you ever read the Five Love, Lang- Love Languages book? No. I've never even heard awesome, of that. Awesome read. Most everybody has like their primary love language, and for my mother-in-law, that love language is gifts. Ah, so, gotcha. 
So Christmas time when you're young is friggin' amazing. You walk out to the tree and there's just mounds of gifts under the tree. Being a parent of a kid, nowadays I want experiences. My wife and I are about let's let's give people experiences, whether it's theme parks or museum memberships, something that you will go and enjoy time doing something versus a toy that a kid will love for a day, maybe a week if you're lucky, and then they forget about it. Yeah. You got it. You, we went there and it was like, it's just nonstop. It's, they open a gift and it's like, what's next? What's next? Open another one. What's next? And it's like, they're just tearing through paper at that point. <laughs> they're not appreciating like what they're receiving. You just want to yeah, like, my son, slap, uh, stop. <laughs> my son got a lot of money this year, which is always really unpleasant on Christmas because every store is closed. Mm-hmm. So you've just gotten a gift that you can't get until the day after Christmas, which got very frustrating to him. He wanted to find every store and that was open and go there. And I thought you were I thought you were teaching him all about cryptocurrency, so he's supposed to be taking that money and investing it in cryptocurrency. Well, one of the big things was we, you know, we decided one of the gifts was going to be allowing them to have computers in their rooms. Um, wow. That's a big step. Yeah, but they're they're at that age now where they need to be getting acclimated to using a computer instead of a phone or a tablet. Uh, and the computer that he had died two days before Christmas hmm. in in a way that only a an HP can die, which is just that it shows the HP logo on the screen and does nothing else, and there's no diagnostics and nothing you can do about it. So I gave it a good three hours trying to fix it and eventually gave up deciding that something arbitrary had failed and who knows what, and it's irreparable. So he ended up spending some of his money on uh, a replacement computer. And you know, these days, you can hop on Newegg and find hundreds of computers for 80 bucks, you know, different refurbs of things. So we we picked one out for him and said, here's the one that you want to spend your money on, and that's what he got. So now that's in the mail, but it's not going to be here till the second. <clears throat> Which, again, patience is not his strong suit. I don't think it's any kid's strong suit. Yeah, well, it's... It's, it's not my strong suit. I mean, that's why 14. everyone has Amazon Prime. That's true. <laughs> paying, paying $120 for improved shipping. It's the only reason I moved to San Diego. And... I can get Prime almost same day for most things I want. Okay, yeah, it's not why so... I moved to San Diego, but it's a good reason. So he's got his desk. So, so the, the thing about making it a present that we allow them to have computers in their room is that all three of them got computer desks. And we're going to get them a, a setup that allows them to compute on something other than their bed or the floor. Interesting. So... And... Do they all have their own rooms, or any any of them sharing a room? No, they all have their own rooms. That's one of the reasons we moved out here to Colorado was to to afford something where we could have everyone in their own room, because um, they sure don't get along. They they mm. really hate each other. So prior to this, the twins shared a room. Uh, no, prior to this, the boys shared a room. So the twins mm. are boy girl, mm-hmm. and at about ten years old, they split off and the boys ended up sharing a room and the girl got her own room and that does make sense yeah it was one of those practicality issues with girls wanting their privacy and boys being disgusting slobs (laughs) and that's something my my wife and i talk about is right now the boys have separate rooms and we kind of want them to share a room we think it'll be a great experience for them yeah. But right now, Nolan is too young. Well, I can't say that. If we only had a two-bedroom place, they'd be sharing a room, right? We'd have no no other options. Yeah, if you, I mean, if you had a studio, you'd all be sharing a room. But Yeah, that's true. So we keep talking about that. Maybe once Nolan is out of a crib and we're not worried about his sleep, just forcing him, like, here, here's bunk beds. Go have fun. 
Yeah, I'd say it's generally it's positive for them to share a room all the way up until when it's not, and then you need to be able to pivot very quickly and make sure that they have separate rooms. <laughs> yeah, luckily we have that option, but we think we'll get there probably within the next year. Like the the nice thing um, is you get to you get to align the bedtimes, and mm-hmm. so some of that some of that age gap jealousy gets taken care of very easily uh, when they're in separate rooms. You know, the older brother, he puts himself to bed whenever he decides he wants to. And the younger one, we tell him, now is bedtime, go hop in bed. <laughs> and he, when he realizes his brother's going to sleep at 2 o'clock in the morning and he's going to bed at 10, he gets a little upset. But then he's a sort of special the, case. Those bedtimes are out of whack. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. You, when you have three kids, you kind of get trampled by them. i mean we were we were talking a couple episodes ago about when to let the kids on the internet and and social media stuff and we had some comments on twitter from uh paul m jones friend of the show paul Mm -hmm. m jones and i mean the the sort of consensus i got was yes every choice you make is going to be terrible but you have to just let go at a certain point because they're teenagers and that's what you have to do. See, if I knew, knew you were going to bring Paul up, I would have gone and made an old fashioned and been drinking that right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I do believe that's his drink of choice. Whenever, whenever someone mentions us on Twitter, I do have to, I do have to bring it up on the show. <laughs> Cause it happens so rarely. Yeah. It's, so, it's once a month or something. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a great idea that since this was the last show of the year, even though it's not going to come out until next year, we would do a year in, year in review. So 2017. And I thought about opening the show and saying something negative about the administration that we're in and closing the show within two minutes and being done. Yeah, but he ended up doing that on his own today. <sighs> Let's not go there. I saw I saw your post. Pretty amazing which, stuff. Which actually led me to another new discovery. You, you posted... I'm assuming you're talking about his insane tweets about global warming, right? Right. Not only that global warming isn't real, but that it's a conspiracy <clears throat> theory. Yeah. So, yeah. So I clicked on that, which I know Patreon as a way to support YouTubers I watch or content creators that I follow. Which Sure basically means youtube and the first reply i see is an adult film star and i guess that's the new patreon people like oh support yeah me on patreon so you go to patreon and now you get access to their adult content but my assumption is it's not really the that person doing the posting i'm assuming it's a bot that's just replying to crap to get Probably. get people that follow that same person to their Patreon page to support them. Um, no, it's I think they're bots that are bought by the person running the Patreon. I think I think they're authentic. I'm not saying they're not authentic, but I'm assuming that it's it's mostly bots that are probably just replying just to get people to see that account and saying, "Oh, right, what's this?" Right. and then go. They are just spam. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Just funny to me. Learn something new based yeah, on your, I, your post. I don't think Patreon intended the, for their platform to become an adult entertainment platform, but it is now. And I've had to worry about that for Buscoin as well. Like, At the end of the day, I don't think they care, and I don't think you care. I kind of do. I want to I yeah. target, because I want to target content creators, not you know, content creators. creators, not clip creators. I, I think that I want to, I want to promote something different. <clears throat> I want to promote creativity, not mm. just outright pornography. Gotcha. That makes sense. You know, and there are, uh, if, if this is too deep a cut, tell me there are some porn star cam girl people who are very creative and are doing something new with the platform. They're not just doing straight up porn but, yeah but what i think you're talking about goes back to 
back in early 2000s, I worked for basically a prescription drug company. Right. Well, prescription drug pushers, they weren't really the drug company themselves. Anyway, they were selling Viagra and and other medications online. And they had hired somebody that was a, what you're calling a, a clip creator. They, they, or actually he was more of a clip stealer. He'd go and find content on the web and basically call it his own, trying to drive traffic to that, which created affiliate sales. Yeah. yeah. So, so he's not really a content creator, which is what Patreon and Buscoin and others like that are trying to do. They're trying to promote creativity, not spam. Yeah. So like you were saying, you're in review. Tangent there. (laughs) Yep. It's always a tangent when you start talking about adult stuff, right? Yeah. Um, The the first point we were going to talk about was SDPHP and SD Laravel. And while it was a successful year for both, uh, I still enjoy organizing the groups and I, I think Eric does too it is a lot of work oh yeah it's such a ton of work so we decided to to merge the two uh, and because Laravel is gone it's pretty mainstream it's not there's not something new every um, every week every month we decided that it doesn't need its own spin-off group anymore decided to, to kind of shut that group down have just the SDPHP and decided that we're going to basically move that to Mid-County in San Diego. Hopefully we'll get people from downtown and people from North County that can meet us in the middle and continue to grow this group. That's the plan. Yeah, the last year for uh, the last year for SD Laravel, but SDPHP carries on the tradition. Speaking of SDPHP, have you hooked up with the a PHP user group out there? I have. I'm actually presenting uh, January 10th here. Pike's Peak nice. PHP or Peak PHP. Nice. So is this going to be the? Is this the first meetup? This will be the second meetup. Uh, we did the first meetup was which was about Composer. So I'll be doing. Oh, so so you, you actually went with a presentation for the very first meetup. I was there. I was there for the first one, and I'm presenting at the second one. I guess I meant they decided to go that route. The big piece of, of advice I got before starting SDPHP was for your first meetup, at least for the first, if not for additional ones, don't have a presentation. Have just a, a place for people to get together, kind of socialize, talk about where you want the meetup to go type of get-together. And then yeah. depending on how many people showed up, if you only have a couple of people show up, you're not going to do a presentation the, the second time. You'll just keep doing that, having conversations until the meetup grows organically enough to have presentation style meetups. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's, I think that's one of the things that we discussed doing. Um, I know the guy running it is, this is his first time running a meetup. So how, how big was the, the composer meetup? Five people. Okay. So not much, but uh, yeah, just don't let them don't let them get burnt out on the fact that there's only five people, and don't well I don't want to say don't continue doing presentations, but I would encourage them to just keep socializing, make it more of getting together, and then do presentations when you have enough people to present to. Yeah. Well, and you know you know how I present. I'm a very communicative presenter. I I interact with the audience a lot, so. You're also a a communicative presentation watcher? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I tend to guide things the way I think they should go. (laughs) (laughs) In a good way. In in a constructive way. What? Yeah. I always try try to be constructive. And I know, you know, when, when we do these meetups, presenters are often speaking in public for the first time. And... There are some simple things like just getting off topic or losing track where having a having a person guide it back in the correct direction can be very helpful. And or I, just I've, 
tried to do or that. Or just providing different perspective. I mean, when I did my security talk, some of the things you brought up were just, they were awesome. It, it was good fodder and, and added to my presentation. Yeah. So it wasn't, I didn't take it critically. I took it as you just contributing to my talk. Yeah, and I try to. I, it should be. I try to ask questions that I know the answer to, but I know that three other people in the room don't know the answer to. Mm-hmm. So that it it's still the focus is still on the presenter, not on me. Yeah, I do that too, and try to do a good job of preparing presenters for that case, because we've had a couple of of instances where we've done that and. The presenter didn't like it, <laughs> or or thought we were trying yeah. to make them look bad. <laughs> so, which I think I think some of the internet remembers happening. Yeah, yeah, we'll move on from that. <laughs> <laughs> so you were saying Laravel's really become mainstream, mm. and I've been thinking about Laravel, Laravel's position in the market right now, and it's so mainstream, but it's also come to such a slowed down pace mm. this year. It really, I, I, I think it's become not so. The wow factor isn't there. Not that it's bad; it's still a great framework. But a couple of years ago, it was so wow. People wanted to know more. They wanted to know what was going on. Now, it's yeah, just and like, every every release had some new feature that was just mind blowing to so many of the com- people in the community. You know, mm-hmm. concepts that were long applied to Java that are now getting applied to PHP and it's Laravel's the first framework to integrate it. And boom, you've got this brand new feature that everyone wants to try out. Um, but I really think that this year is the year that Laravel cemented itself as the PHP framework right now. Uh, it's easily the most popular framework for PHP on GitHub. It's, it's got huge followings it's sold out at Laracon every year and Laracon EU every year and Laracon Brazil. Did you just call him a sellout? No. <laughs> no. I would never. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we, we talk about, we, we give our opinions on Laravel in this podcast a lot because Laravel is the talking point in the PHP community right now. Uh, everything that was done right or done wrong, harsh criticism and heaping praise. It seems very polarizing, but it is by and far the most popular framework for anything new in PHP. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see where Taylor takes Laravel next year. And mm-hmm. I think all three of us have been pushing for this concept of enterprise to be more correctly defined for Laravel. Yeah, the I agree with that. And the the whole idea of long-term support and having having a good support channel available to people is is crucial. Yeah, so I I'm interested in seeing how Laravel is taken in that direction or if if something takes over, uh, it could very easily be that Cake PHP just takes the reins and starts moving forward and and taking over. It's possible. I, I saw actually had a good conversation recently with one of our contractors, Frank, uh, around Symphony 4.0 that was just released this year, and he's said he's been playing with it. And I guess out of the box, it's bare bones. There's really nothing there to it. It's yeah, it's a real skeleton. You're basically pulling in pieces and parts, and we got to talking, and it's like, is Laravel going to go that same direction where you really only bring in the pieces you need? So then it just becomes a plug-in infrastructure, and because so much of Laravel is built on Symphony components, it just seems like the way it's going to go, right? Right, and Laravel five five added package auto discovery, so now. What was an already really mind-bogglingly easy task, which is composer, require, and then your thing, and then opening up app.php and adding it to the list of things. Now you just don't have to do the app.php part, which, <clears throat> I mean, I that must have taken a lot of work, but why? It 
it almost made it like way too easy. Have you looked at Symphony Four at all? I haven't dug into it yet. I've looked at the initial release notes and the the descriptions for how it was no longer a framework. What did he call it? He called it. He has a new term for the core components. Flex. Hmm. Um, See, but I haven't dug into it too much. I think that's my problem. Is the, the code bases I work in are all legacy, so I don't work in the latest frameworks. I get to play with Laravel only when I jump into some of our client code that's using it. I don't get to build it from scratch. So I'm curious how Symphony is going to fit in here. Like, is it really going to be a big time saver? Is it going to speed up things by having it to be such a slim, can't call it a framework if you're going to say flex, whatever it is, basically a plugin architecture. What does that plugin take? Does it slow things down as you keep bolting pieces on? Or if you bolt on all the pieces that Symphony has today, or not today, in version 3, is the speed equivalent? Right, which I think Taylor was trying to point out in his post on Medium about benchmark apples and oranges comparisons. Right. Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, I much prefer the uh, small framework, large collection of libraries format, just because that's the way Laravel already is, except that it includes the large collection of libraries in the default install. But in reality, what does the the large collection of libraries end up costing you? Because the bootstrap process shouldn't load all that stuff up unless you're using it. Right? So... Yeah, I don't believe it does, but there's always going to be a leak somewhere. But where is the where is the blow? Is the blow in just disk usage, or is it some sort of actual speed hit because you have all this stuff available to you? Well, one of the one of the issues with Laravel over Symphony Four is that Laravel has things like encrypted cookies enabled by default or uh, middleware. Off, off middleware enabled by default. And because PHP isn't a straight compiled language, it still has to run through certain if this, if this, if this, else skip sort of mm-hmm. commands. Uh, it's It can't be optimized in the way that you think it should be. Um, there are things like op caches that, per, that speed it up, and there's a new virtual machine in 7.3 or 7.4 that's supposed to do this. Well, it's actually implemented in 7.2, but you have to enable it and recompile, Hmm. I believe. Um, And these engines will do uh, virtual machine compilation things, but that's still going to be a performance hit. So it's just the more stuff you add, even if it just returns false and continues the loop, it still has to do that quick calculation uh and then yeah disc disc hit and stuff like that gotcha hmm. be interesting to see where that goes for sure so i think the big news this year was php 7.2 being released uh happened just a couple weeks ago was it that recent yeah Huh. And actually, I, th- right. I think 7.1 was also released this year, the beginning of this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 7.1 and 7.2 not really contributing anything too significant except for Libsodium, which... Which is huge. It's it's big, yeah. It's big, and it's going to change the security in PHP moving forward. Yeah. But as well, we know, not everybody's running the 7 series branches yet. <laughs> Uh, don't remind me. Actually, in the latest PHP Architect podcast that Eric and I do, we talked about Libsodium being in there. So go take a listen to that. Nice little plug. Yeah, you like that? So yeah. what, what, frustra- what frustrates me about the main code base I work on is they're still running 5.6. And I have a super simple PR open that would allow it to run on 7.0. 
and it just hasn't been accepted yet. It's like just accept it. The but big you thing did, is, you did have a milestone pull request this week. Yeah, we'll get in that in a second. I want to go back to the the minor change that I need to make for the code base is switching from MySQL to MySQLi. Done. Yeah, well, that and, that that one character can be uh, a real pain. Yeah. So what Thomas was referring to is the fact that I started a, a major feature for this client, opened the initial pull request in January 2017, and it was finally released this week. Um, we're recording on December 28th. It was released last night, December 27th. I spent all day fighting fires, which is always fun. It's not fun. <laughs> it's stressful. <laughs> I, w- I wish admins understood that fighting those fires is easier if you've just written the code rather than if you wrote the code a hundred days ago. Yeah. Now, it, the the scope of it kept changing. So while the initial release was, or the initial pull request I opened a year ago, it was, oh, it'd be cool if we could do this. All right, let me code that. Oh, what about doing this? All right, let's do that. And then it was all the testing in between. And this was one of the first features that I was able to release on our quote-unquote beta platform. So this year, I also got this client onto a cluster of servers versus having a single main web server. So they're on multiple web servers behind HAProxy. And then within HAProxy, I was able to set it up where if certain criteria are met, you go to a beta machine that has different code, which was a big deal in my opinion. I love being able to, to provide that. So segmenting people over to just using this code was nice. So it's been being tested for many, many months. It's just a matter of all the fine-tuning that went into getting it released. It took way too long in my opinion. Yeah, I can imagine. And those old actually, old code bases are Yeah. And the biggest issue that we ran into today was in friggin' cache busting. Drives me <laughs> drives me absolutely nuts. So years and years ago it was add a add a parameter onto the URL. So I want yeah. X dot JS question mark something. And I I don't know if some browsers just don't respect that parameter, but that's where the issue was. So what I ended up doing, and I actually did it a couple of years ago for some CSS files, but I didn't do it for JavaScript, was changing the file name that's, that is given to the browser to be, let's, so one of the examples is dialer.js. So instead of saying, that it's dialer underscore and then the md5 of the contents of that file yeah so if the so if the file changes it's fine so give that to the browser the browser has to ask for a new file now it's not a parameter it's the freaking file name they have to ask for it all worked fine except for my regex which when i did it for css was super lame i just i was in a bind i needed it done right away right so instead of using fancy regex, I just used 32 dots. So if it's <laughs> so if there's an underscore, so if there's an underscore followed by exactly 32 characters dot CSS, you would get the file name dot CSS. I did the same thing for JavaScript, and wouldn't you friggin' know there was one file that had exactly 32 characters. Just the, the directory structure and the file name happen to be 32 characters oh. under Bower underscore components. So from components to the end of the file name was perfect. It just broke everything. So I had to fix that, which wasn't hard. It just it was just weird. Gotta love those edge cases. Luckily, I, I have some understanding of regex, but when I did it, okay, when I did it for the CSS. I didn't want to get into the specifics of Apache's regular expression engine, so I didn't know what flags it had available to it. Right. So I just I just used the dots to say 32 characters, but changing it to say, okay, it has to be A to Z or 0 to 9, and that's it. Fixed my problem. Yeah, if you ever really want to hate yourself, uh, 
try to try to do a register uh, a regex look back query those are mm -hmm. just nightmares I'm not sure what you're talking about but i think i use that all the time and it's a look back is where it it looks for a match okay. and then it looks for stuff before the match i didn't even know that was possible because i use i look for the mat i use matches all the time yeah it's just goes beyond that it's basically building a function inside of the regex to execute when it finds the first batch mm -hmm. okay yeah so in php it's preg callback right no this is in raw regex oh we have to look this up because you've lost me now it's it's nightmarish but satisfying in the way that waking up from a nightmare is <laughs> And I thought I loved reg regular expressions. Nah, now I need to learn. Now I need to learn something new. Bastard. The worst. Yeah. Uh, another big thing this year was Microsoft's bizarre adoption of the open source community. It's actually been going on for a few years now. Well, the one I've got noted here <clears throat> is the release of Visual Studio Code for PHP developers, this which is, is one a that a confusing push away from their idea that only ASP exists and we only support ASP. I haven't tried it yet because I'm, when I get into a browser or into a IDE or even a code editor, I stick with it. I did that with Vim for what? Almost 20 years before switching to PHP storm. I would dabble in, a, in some, but never really picked up on it. Eric, on the other hand, switches from, Switches his IDE almost daily. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, where is where is Eric? We forgot to mention that Eric isn't here again today. That poor guy. He had surgery on his knee the day after Christmas, and he's still laid up. Yeah, I've been he saying said, that he's calling in lame because I think I'm really funny. That's because you are, and I agree. I'm in pain. I'm taking medication. I'm high as a kite. I'm not going to be on the show. Yeah, and he is also technically lame now since only one of his legs will move correctly. Yeah, that's true. So he he was raving about Visual Studio Code, and we had a we do co working Thursdays at Holy Crepe here in Poway, California on Thursday mornings, and we had a new guy join us last week who we could tell was just getting into this, and today he was asking some question, and we decided to start talking about IDEs and. He's using NetBeans, which I haven't oh, used. I haven't call. used in fifteen years easily. So That's the last telling, time it was updated, I think. Probably. So we all gave him our opinions, and my opinion is: if you're getting paid to write PHP, use PHP Storm. And then, from what I hear about Visual Studio Code, if you really need a free version, go that route. Yeah, I I couldn't cut it without PHP Storm. Once you start using the tools behind it, it is friggin' amazing. And that's, I'm just that's where so, I'm at. I'm, I'm such a muscle memory guy, I can't break away from how I currently do things that easily. Which is well, starting to get annoying. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's just the, the features of an IDE in general. So for so many years, I was a Vim user. I mean, that's all how I programmed. And it's because I would jump on a production machine and start coding right yeah as as one is want to do and then even when i started learning about development environments breaking out i still would ssh to my dev server and that's how you coded was with vim and i learned how to move around files efficiently get get things done very easily but once i started using a proper ide and having code completion and some syntax ish uh, warnings or even little things like hey you're not using this variable anywhere do you really need it <laughs> i mean those simple yeah. things is like really nice to have well and, it's and cl clean up a lot of code and my thing with php storm has always been that it handles templates html javascript php all in the same template so smoothly which I've had so many IDEs just stumble and fall on themselves when it sees JavaScript and goes, this isn't PHP, I don't know what to do. And then it turns half the page gray because it's invalid code. And you're like, no, that's just 
just different code. Come on. <laughs> you gotta learn. Okay, I'm not gonna listen to to my IDE for this piece. Right, and then Laravel Blade syntax has its own custom layouts and language stuff, and PHP mm. Storm has a very simple plugin that fixes all that for you and makes it work. And that is a great point. I wonder how how Eric handled that with Visual Studio Code. Or did they come out of the box with Blade uh, template recognition? That's a good question. I don't know how the... the Damn it, Eric, where are you at? You should be here to answer these questions for us. Is he he in the chat? Is he listening live? No, he said he would if he was not too high. Yeah. Damn Percocets get you every time. Hey, we we do have one viewer, unless it's you. I think it's me. Oh, bastard. I was excited for half a second. All right, what else do you want to talk about? Well, HHVM, which I, when I talked about that earlier this year, you guys were very nonplussed about it, but I thought it was a very interesting statement from. I thought it was the... dead with 7 1 and 7 2. Well, that was their announcement, was that it's no longer PHP, it's not binding itself to PHP at all. They want to be their own language with stricter typing and following much more stringent rules. I'm curious about this again after reading about uh, WebAssembly. Because HHVM, with its strict typing, Mm -hmm. could be compiled to WebAssembly. So you would get that PHP style syntax and grammar, but then compiling it to a very fast language for the browser. And why can't you do that with with PHP? Because strong typing is mandatory for compiling anything. That makes sense. Okay. So with PHP's new... They they do have typing, but it's not required. Is that the issue? Yeah, it's not required. And even when it is, it's not fully fleshed out yet. Uh, There are certain return types that aren't quite available yet. And really... The thing that you see the community clamoring for in future versions is something called generics, which essentially allows you to create a new return type and return that type. So right now it's the simple array, integer, stuff like that. Uh, Generics would allow you to say a factory object which produces car objects or a factory object of this shape and size, or a polymorphic class in this instance. And it's, so you can't, it gives return, you, you can't return an object as it right now? You can return an object, but if it's the wrong object, you can't really check that, at least not at mm. the compile level. Generics would allow you to check for those things during compiling. Okay. And that's important because for compiling to achieve anything, optimization is the key. Um, if, if your compiler is just allowing for errors everywhere, then you're not achieving a whole lot more than a virtual machine. This is all stuff I've just been dealing with in the last two weeks. And my, 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 my well of knowledge is low, but I am getting a better understanding of it at least. Well, it's low. It is well above mine. So there you go. It's about two weeks above yours. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on what you put in in those two weeks. Uh, the other big news, uh, PHP Unit 6 was announced. I don't know if anybody <clears throat> even cares. I well, mean, 6 was... requires PHP 7, right? Right, which was part of the big move from Symfony as well as Laravel to require PHP 7. Right. So right now, I'm, I think I'm still using PHP Unit 4 I'm on, on the client I work on. We're pushing to go to PHP Unit 5 soon. I'd prefer to go to 6 if some other PR was accepted to get us to, to where we're we <laughs> compatible. Somehow you'll end up on really? PHP 9. My goal for 2018, get them to PHP 7. It, that's it that's a worthwhile f- goal. It worked a few years ago, going from four to five. 
when I when Fire to Settle. I think that was like I think that was like four years ago now. No, it was actually when I gave a presentation in I think it was PHP Tech 2013, maybe 2014. Is when so I yeah, opened my pull request to make that work. That's a, a solid four years. All right, we'll go with that. <laughs> I remember uh, opening that pull request while at Tech, being so excited, like this works. I gotta <laughs> please let's go forward with this. Anyway, the this was also a really rough year for hacks. Uh, the, every the, year is it's getting worse and worse every year and we're seeing stuff like the the MongoDB hack where it turned out that there were thousands of MongoDB servers that were just open to the public I think that's uh, one, of, one of the reasons Eric has hesitated implementing that in any of our client code is there's so much unknown. Like we all know MySQL and we trust it, but with all of these new NoSQL databases or actually anything new, it's like we need to find some way to put a security review on this. How do we know that we have covered everything? Yeah, I'm I'm on my personal computer every day for at least ten hours a day, and I still pull up my task manager and just go, "What the hell is that? That's not good." something's running from windows temp and it's got a random character name i've got to fix this now it's like how do i trust that my server is going to be running at all if i've got stuff running on it well that's that's my biggest fear spinning up all this bus going stuff is now i've got servers and i don't want to get a bill all of a sudden that says hey you used up 20 terabytes of bandwidth this month how's it going (laughs) i don't know i forgot to configure one of the ports on my firewall yeah, I'm not not a fan of the bandwidth charges, especially when you can't control some of it. So some of the big hacks this year, just aside from MongoDB, WordPress had major problems this year again. Uh, there was, of course, the Equifax breach. Uh, Uber was hacked. Yahoo was hacked. Uh, so many. I mean, just just. For, forfeit. Just throw your arms up and quit. Everyone's been hacked. You're going to get hacked soon. Probably tomorrow. <laughs> Equifax being the, the big one, right? <clears throat> Equifax, that and our government. I mean, if you, Stop if bringing you consider up our government. Our, you you our keep depressing system. me every time you do that. <laughs> our voting system was hacked. So... Yeah, it's been it's been a a rough year for anyone who's in the uh, security side of things, unfortunately. But PHP is still going strong. <laughs> We're just adding security. We are, but when you when you're still hiring people that were coding ten years ago and don't care about keeping up with today's standards, you know. I've been. Or all I care about is that lining the pockets of the the shareholders yeah or they just work out of a a conclave in india which i still have i still have code that i look at and i'm like oh yeah i know where this came from always frustrating also happening this year was the the fact that php5 is switching to security fixes only which is another reason i want to get off of five completely. Have you seen any any? Uh, I don't even know what to say. Uh, surveys that show what percentage of people are still running PHP five. Yeah, it's terrifying. And PHP seven has been I, out for, for. I have it right here. Plenty of time. It's. I think the biggest reason my client doesn't want to accept my pull request is there is a very scary regex that I did have to fix to make <laughs> it work in PHP 7. And it's just one of those, It's if you don't understand it, <laughs> don't change it, right? Yeah, and if it's regex, you don't understand it. Yeah, so while well, I said it was just MySQL to MySQLi, 
the real the real thing holding it up is uh, a single single regular expression in Smarty version two because they can't go to Smarty version three. So the w3text.com usage statistics and market share of PHP for websites shows that 88.5% of websites are still on version 5. 88% of those running PHP are still on PHP 5? Yes. And 5.3, 5.4, and 5.5 are all end of life. So when we say that that the five branch is only getting security fixes. That's just until January 1st of next of one year from now, of 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So one more year of support for 5.6. And then that is it. Mm-hmm. There is no more patches of any kind whatsoever, unless you've got a third party guy doing patch development for you, which isn't happening. <laughs> no, I hope not. Guy, you think you've got a bad job. The guy who's maintaining 5.3 right now is just killing himself. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's a cush job. If you're getting paid a, a salary, just sit there and apply security fixes for 5.3? One, you got to know they exist. Yeah, but you have to know that the, you're sitting there waiting. You're like twiddling your thumbs waiting for somebody to say, hey, there's a security bug here. <laughs> just fix this. fix this line here. Yeah. All right, I'll go do that. Yeah, five point six is five point six is three years and four months old now, and is gonna lose support in one year. Just get upgraded already. Get the seven, and then just try and stay up. Just try and stay up to date. Now, I know it's hard when you're on shared hosting, and that's probably where a majority of that eighty-eight percent is, but. It still needs to be done. You still need to find a way to to stay current. Now, this is fascinating to me, though. 7.0 is going to be at end of life before 5.6. Is it really? Yeah, by one month. Huh. It will be losing support December 3rd, whereas 5.6 will be losing support until uh, December 31st. Yeah, I, I do recall them making, like, this big shift in seven to try and stop people from just hanging out on older versions. Yeah, that is a big that is a big change. They're just going to have a very steady rollout of seven. Uh, seven point two gets support until November thirtieth, twenty twenty. So it only has a three year lifespan. Yeah, and I think that's their goal is just to keep keep it rolling. Don't get don't get held back. Yeah. And I think the the biggest downfall was that switch from four to five. It was such a big problem for people to make that switch that people are now scared to go from five to seven. They don't know how easy it is. Yeah, it's so simple. Outside if, of a regular expression. Yeah, and if it's not simple, then you're doing something wrong. <laughs> like using I, regular expressions. Or using the MySQL extension. That's That's the other big one. I'm sure that's bigger than that regular regular expression issue. Yeah, but like you said, I mean, it's 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 such an easy change. You just change the function name everywhere, and that's you're done. Yeah, but you see how people abuse MySQL functions. Yeah, it's, I ha- it's, I happen to have a PR. Yeah, I happen to have a a simple PR that changes it in just a handful of places, and it fixes the code base. But people that use the MySQL underscore functions everywhere. They are the ones that have an issue. Well, and I've seen people use MySQL, like SQL commands, to do math. I've seen terrible things done with SQL, <laughs> where it's not actually querying a table. They're inserting data into the query and then returning just a calculation. Stop it. You have not. I absolutely have. <laughs> yeah, nightmare stuff. People will program as badly as you'll allow them to. Oh, that's hilarious. I love it. Absolutely love it. That, this brings us to the unfortunate tail end of the year. This is where the soft piano music plays. This is our 
our in memoriam segment. Of... Are we saying goodbye to cryptocurrency? Oh God, no. <laughs> but we are saying goodbye to a lot of things this year. A lot of things that are nostalgic to me, and somehow tech-related, just even if slightly. <laughs> I, was, I painted a very broad brush with this one. Uh, AOL Instant Messenger. No, say it ain't so. Officially, as of recording, dead. So, the the last, again, going back to the PHP Architect podcast that we just recorded was all about chatbots. And that's that was my first chatbot was on AOL Instant Messenger. It was for bowlingball.com. You could you could ask what the status of your order was. You could track your packages through it. And it worked. It wasn't a great chatbot, but it worked. That was my first girlfriend. It was a chatbot on AOL Instant Messenger. Sad. Yeah. What was we never name? really officially broke up. I don't remember her name. Uh, we also, this year, lost the CompuServe forums. CompuServe. It was a thing I actually didn't know existed until they said they were closing it down. What? And then I pleaded pleaded to the heavens. You weren't a CompuServe person? Uh, I forgot how young you are. Damn it. I, I got in when AOL ha- was flooding the market with free floppy disks. Mm-hmm. But before they were flooding the market with free CDs. I was in before that even happened. Back in the BBS days. Anyway. Well, and that's what the CompuServe forums were. They were a yeah. light BBS, a tech-friendly BBS, and uh, they're now gone. Uh, we saw the death of the 3D television for Home 3D. Now, you say we saw the death of it. What do you mean by that? Because... I remember that being all the rage not that long ago. Like, yeah, last year. to have this. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. stopped making them. Yeah. Makes sense. It, it does, because it was always terrible. And there was very, very little content. That's the big thing, is the content, they were expensive. And who's going to sit there with glasses on your head all day? Yeah, it, it added like five hundred dollars to your your the cost of your TV, and you got soccer, basically. Soccer in three D. Well, if I knew that, I would have bought one. Well, you can't now. Oh, if they put curling in three D, they'd be back in business. That was the breakout sport of two thousand sixteen. Love watching curling. I'm a big fan of the brooming. <laughs> The Windows Phone, it's dead as a doornail. Seriously? That I did not know. Yeah. Microsoft uh, finally gave it up, said Android and Apple, you win this this round. We've got other things to focus on. So they have Wait, they have you're loosed. serious? They, they stopped making any new Windows phones? Yeah, yeah. They've, they've, they've loosed all their hardware markets. They're, they're liquidating the companies they bought to make phones. Crap, what am I going to do with this app now? I mean, nothing. (laughs) Uh, YouTube ad revenue. Doesn't doesn't affect us in any way whatsoever, except that I created Buscoin in response to it. But (laughs) if you don't know what the adpocalypse is, it is just a, a nightmare for any content creator who relies on advertising money. Uh, Google's, very broad algorithm to detect if something is controversial was terribly or is terribly broken and can't tell one thing from another uh, to the point now where one of one of the guys I follow <clears throat> he will he will upload his video but not publish it with a title that is grossly obscene so that it guarantees that it gets a strike against it and then he changes the title to what it, he wanted it to be in the first place and issues a review. And then they review, they have an actual more person-like bot review his content and say it's okay. And that way it stays up for the three-day period where all the money is made. Who is, who, if, who is that that you're following? IHE. I hate everything. 
Yeah, I don't know that one. He's a TV or movie reviewer. Hmm. Good guy. It's an interesting way to do it. Because I, I know a lot of content creators on YouTube have been complaining about this. And it is a, a big issue. But that seems like such a pain in the ass way to go about it. And I know yep. that, I know it's that first few days where you make your money. I mean, that's where all your views come in. Especially when you have hundreds of thousands or millions of, of followers. Subscribers. Yeah, and the the whole the whole thing about clicking the bell to get notified when new content is uploaded is incredibly important now. And I, I just, I guess the way that people use YouTube still doesn't make sense to me. It's constantly changing, for one. But what do you mean, how people like, use there's, it? Like, there's a YouTube homepage. <clears throat> but that's completely irrelevant to me because I have my like 20 subscriptions that I follow and they produce enough content to fill a complete day. Mm-hmm. So I just watch my subscriptions. I don't watch anything else. Right. I'm never looking at what's trending. I'm only looking at what my favorite channels have recently published. That's a good point. Cause I do the same thing. I just look at, at my basically dashboard. Right. What's recommended trending, to me based on that. And I've never gone to the homepage. Trending is enormously important to YouTubers. If you've got the number one trending spot, that's two million hits. Just guaranteed. But who sees that page? That's my question. I, I don't understand kids these days using homepages, not using RSS feeds. Doesn't but make maybe, sense to me. But maybe they... Maybe... Most people just don't log into their account. Maybe they're just watching videos. They go to YouTube to watch videos, but they're not logged in. I know my kids couldn't care less about their channels. They are they only follow the popular people, and when the popular person shows up on the homepage because they've got a new video, then they watch it. But if they disappeared off the homepage, they would stop watching their popular videos it, so, so they don't log in they just go to youtube.com and, and watch videos right they're just watching the stream of what's popular by everyone else's measure which which upsets a lot of content creators because they have no means of recourse for that there's it's just an algorithm designed to push millions of eyes at the most ad-friendly content and it's curated by an algorithm that just wants to make money. It doesn't care about quality. Mm-hmm. So, so YouTube, hopefully float plane next year becomes a, a nice, healthy replacement for YouTube. I've been waiting for that for a while. What is it called? Float plane. I have not heard of that one. Uh, it's created by the guys behind the Linus media group, Linus tech tips. Okay. And they basically said YouTube is terrible. Their compression quality is awful. Their curation is miserable. Their ad revenue, ad advertiser relationships are stupid. So we're going to make our own platform and fix everything. Good luck to them. Unfortunately, all the advertisers go to YouTube. Everyone knows YouTube. YouTube has all the integrations into all the TVs and oh, yeah. streaming devices out there. So it's going well, to be a float, tough... It, it, it'll be tough, but Floatplane is in a position to do it. They have the money and resources to launch a competitor, and they've been very smart about it. This has been in development since 2016, early 2016. So they've, they know what they're doing, and they're not doing a, a rapid launch with open source janky stuff they're building everything from scratch as as well as they can mm. well and i have a big following i'm interested and i want to go check it out uh you can't <laughs> it is still closed beta oh i'm gonna check it out as soon as they say they're open beta they will how about that they, they, they will they will next year they will go open and allow people to sign in and finally somehow I was looking at stories about the dead tech of 2017 
And the thing that that never got brought up. I'm not going to tap, sorry. The internet as we know it has ceased to be in this 2017. Should we take a moment of silence? It it will get truncated by the, uh, by the filter I run on the podcast later. (laughs) (laughs) So I got my, my letter from the congressman saying, you know, thank you for reaching out to me. We're, we're addressing this, blah, blah, blah. And obviously ended up not mattering. So much of American politics has just ended up not mattering. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. In in this this era, at least in our opinions. Yeah. And, you know, 80% of Americans just don't get it. Uh, but net neutrality, you know, we we like to say that yeah, losing net neutrality is a hideous blow and i think people don't understand when when us tech people say that this is enormously bad and that just that it just the fact that it has started is bad and people won't notice when their rights to the internet get mangled people won't know it's all behind the scenes yeah people won't notice until it's too late and things have become a disgusting mess and it boy it needs to be restored as fast as possible it is such a disaster for unfortunately it's still years out before that's even possible uh maybe not you know fingers crossed <laughs> just saying. fingers crossed but fingers crossed uh, unlikely so that brings us to the close of uh php ugly 2017 it's been a good year i've been happy with this year Good. <laughs> I don't want to say goodbye. Don't just, don't want, I don't want the year to be done. Yeah. This but, this year has redefined uh depression for me. <laughs> it's been uh, an awful year. I remember when twenty sixteen happened and we thought it was a dumpster fire. And then all of California caught on fire and showed us what was really bad. <laughs> Uh yeah, let's. I'm ending it there. We're over an hour into this, <laughs> and I don't want to say something I'll re- regret like I did last episode. I I think I cut that out though. Oh, did you? Or maybe I was maybe I was going to, and I left it in because it was funny. I don't know. I haven't. I've only started listening to it. I keep accidentally hitting play on my mouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't right, hear anymore. Us, close us out, John. <laughs> You've listened to PHP episode 89, the last episode of 2017. I'm John Congdon. I'm Tom Rideout. Keep it ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Show notes can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly off the PHP Ugly RSS feed. A rating of five stars on iTunes is appreciated. Submit articles to phpugly at reddit.com slash r slash phpugly. Until next week, keep it ugly.